Welcome to the Women's Bible Study Podcast, a ministry of Sheridan House. We continue today in the series, Reflection, a Study of Philippians. If you missed any part of this series, you can find it and others online at sheridanhouse.org backslash WBS. We hope you enjoy today's lesson. We are going to be talking about reflecting generosity. And when I say generosity, immediately we think about our purses and our wallets in there, don't we? And that's part of it, for sure. But generosity is every angle and every aspect of who we are. It is our time. It is our effort. It is our, um, our prayer. It is whatever God has called us to do. It, generosity is a matter of laying ourselves on the altar. That We'll talk about that in just a minute. But, um, and finances as well, for sure. But, you know, as I was preparing this lesson, you know, on generosity, on reflecting generosity. We had just finished the 5K, and Bob and I were sitting around one evening, and we were marveling at the generosity of you all as you supported me and, <laughs> um, and the generosity of all the people that were contributing to um, the 5K. And it began a conversation between the two of us talking about one of the greatest blessings in our lives personally is to be able to be a part of this ministry and the church that we're involved with and to see God pouring out his generosity on us and in the church fellowship that we're involved with. And that goes with your church fellowships as well. And it's such a blessing to be able to look at, wow, look what you did, God. Look what you love doing. And I know you're tired and sick and tired probably of hearing Sheridan House stories, but um, it, I really honestly believe when we were talking that night, saying, you know, I think one of the ministries of Sheridan House Family Ministries is being able to share miracle stories. And those of you who get the Family Advocate, there's a section in there that's called Weekly uh, Miracle or Monthly Miracle or something like that. And we need to embrace those, especially as we're going through difficult time. This is not about, you know, the parting of the Red Sea. Some of them are parting of the Red Sea, no doubt about it. But we've talked week after week that it, God not only sustains and keeps the galaxies in place, he keeps our molecules in place. And so we all have miracle stories, hence my grateful journal. I know you're sick of hearing me talk about that. I'm at 7,848 this morning. Anyway, but um, we need to be constantly encouraging ourselves and each other about the generosity of God in his miracles. One of my, the most fun little Sheridan House story was a young man who, <coughs> whose parents are supporters of Sheridan House, and they, his birthday was approaching, and he said, uh, they said, what do you want for your birthday? And he said, you know what, Mom and Dad, if you could whatever you give me for my birthday, would it be okay if we took it to Sheridan House? and give it to, and I think it was the toy drive, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Um, take it to the, to the toy drive. And so that has become a tradition in their family. And some of their friends and neighbors have started doing that too. And so grandparents' gifts and all that, they pile on the back of a SUV and <laughs> bring it on to share. Now, isn't that wonderful? A child, a child. I love that. Um, and as we're thinking about reflecting generosity, I was thinking about Bob when he was had just become a Christian. We weren't married yet. We were sitting in church together. 
and he picked up in the day we had something called a bulletin. Yes. You remember that? Some of you are going, huh? And, um, and so he picked up, picked up this bulletin and he, s he pointed at this, at this one part there and it said, um, bring your tithes and offerings. And he goes, what's a tithy? <laughs> <laughs> and hence began the conversation of God's wanting us to be generous <laughs> with the people. And, and he's now can say it correctly, thankfully. But... Um, Anyway, and then later on, as we were, you know, married and involved in a church, and we had come to Sheridan House, and there was a wonderful pastor that became a dear friend, and, and he was really helping Bob with this whole tithy idea. And um, he said, you know, I have had this practice ever since, you know, um, early on to add a percent to my 10% that that I'm bringing to the church. And it had evolved to the point where this pastor was now giving 50% of his income back to the church. And that is a ministry salary, thank you very much. Wow. And so that really challenged Bob. And he was, um, he, he said, you know, we can't, you know, we've just come to Sheridan House and we're, you know, we're trying to make ends meet and everything, so we can't really do a, a, a percent on top of the 10, but let's do a half a percent. And so we began doing that together. And this is very, very private and personal, but I have to tell you this. Backtrack. Um, a few years ago, my mom and dad went home to be with the Lord. And um, they had a picture that was in the family. I can't even remember how long. You know, I remember it as young. So I don't know if I was a child or what, but they have this picture of, of Jesus, and he's sitting, sitting on Mount, the Mount of Olives, kind of looking over Jerusalem. It's a beautiful, hazy picture. And I've always loved that picture. And so when they went home to be with the Lord, um, I said, can I have the picture? And my brothers very graciously and lovingly let me take the picture. And so now it's in a very pivotal place in our family room. It has a little light over it. And honestly, this shows how boring our life is. But <laughs> most every night, now there are a few nights that maybe not, but most nights we sit there looking at that picture and saying, Jesus, thank you for being so generous. And we have this amazing time together as we look at that picture that used to belong to my parents and thank him for how he has poured out generosity. Our problem is, so often we're not looking for it. So often we're caught up in what's going on in our lives that we're not remembering the outpouring of God's blessings on our lives. I think the thing that has impacted me more than anything about who people who give to God's work is the generosity, so much uh, of their generosity comes from a generous heart, not necessarily abundance. That's what is such a blessing, is when we see people and each other ministering to each other, not out of abundance and, oh, I've got all this time in the world or I've got all this money in the world to give. It's when we give out of a heart that wants to give. And I think that is one of the pivotal keys of this whole idea of reflecting Jesus in the area of generosity. 
a powerful verse that we studied a few weeks ago is Hebrews 6.10. It says, For God is not unjust so as to overlook your work and the love that you have shown for his name in serving the saints as you still do. God sees every single effort that we make for one another. He says, sees when we're working hard. He, says when we, he sees us when we generously give financially. He sees us when we uh, generously give of our time or give of our prayers or whatever it is. And so I love the fact that nobody else might not notice. Uh, nobody else might say thank you so much. But what we know is God knows all and remembers all. Remembers all. That's what Hebrews 6.10 says. So first point on your outline, he who is generous to the needy honors him. Isn't that a great, great verse found in Proverbs 14.31, the, uh, the end of it. That is what Paul is communicating to his fellow believers in Philippi. And that's what we're going to be studying this week. He is talking about how generous they have been and their generosity is reflecting um, an, a desire to honor the Heavenly Father. So first of all, A on your outline, commendable partnership. Commendable partnership. Look at verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. Number one, generosity partners with ministry. The Philippian church had, had supported Paul, and therefore they were partners or they fellowshiped with Paul. A on your outline, the Philippian church actively participated with Paul financially. Remember one of the first things that he said at the very beginning of the book of Philippians in chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, he says, I thank my God for every remembrance of you because of your partnership in the gospel. Now, again, remember we've talked about this so many times. The Philippians were, were not a rich church. In fact, he's going to me mention Macedonia later on. Macedonian wa Macedonia was much more of a, uh, a, a financially um, strong church. Ph Philippi was not. And yet they chose to partner with whatever they could do. They wanted Paul to know that they were partnering with him financially. The word you, he uses here for partnership is the word koinonia, koinonia, which means fellowship or active participation. Though a poor church, they made an investment. They wanted to invest in Paul's ministry. When we, uh, it, it was a, an investment um, with rich rewards and dividends for the Philippian church. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But when we link our lives, time-wise, financially-wise, giving of ourselves-wise, whatever it is, we form a partnership. We form a partnership with each other. Paul's real joy was not what the gift did for him, but what the gift did for them. Yes, it benefited him, but it also benefited them. We'll talk about that in just a minute. I, don't you love how God works in layers? You know, here, you know, the Philippians church hardly had anything, but they dug deeply into their pocket and gave to, to Paul. Their financial support and their food support and their sending, uh, remember, Timothy and Epaphroditus and all that that we studied in the weeks past. All of those efforts were to serve Paul. And it helped Paul, the brother, 
as he was in prison, financially, um, having medical supplies, clothing, food, and all those kinds of things. He was helping, they were helping him, but it was also helping them. That's the second layer, that God was able to bless them in a mighty way because they were trying to and attempting to and did bless Paul. God loves to work in those layers. And here's the third layer. Are you ready? You and I are hearing about it. And millions of believers through the ages who studied the book of Philippians read this and in turn learn from it and then give generously and serve generously and, and empty themselves of themselves to, to help other people and so forth and so on. And so not only was Paul helped, Philippi was helped, all those millions of believers on down through the ages were helped, and you and I were helped. Wow, I love the way God works. Malachi 3.10, bring uh, the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test of the Lord of hosts. I will, will I not open the windows of heaven um, for you and pour down a blessing until there is no more need. It wasn't so much this huge amount that they give, gave, but their desire to express their love for him that most importantly affected the Apostle Paul as he was going through this difficult time in his life. As they partnered with Paul financially, B, the Philippian church made them, it made them a partner in his trials. Again, first, verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble. He wanted them to understand that by helping him financially, and emotionally and prayer-wise and every other way, they were coming alongside of him and partnering with him as he was suffering. Look what he says in verse 15. And you, Philippians, yourselves, know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership in giving and receiving except you only. And that ministered to Paul as he was struggling and as he went through all the things. We talked about that last week. Goodness sake, shipwreck, whipped, a, a hit with rods, and you know all the things that we talked about that he went through. But to know that the Philippian church was behind him and supporting him and coming alongside and praying for him helped him get through that difficult time. Although they weren't physically in prison with him, it felt almost, I'm thinking, to Paul, that they were sharing the cell with him, that they're right there with him. You know, um, the Philippian church isn't here right now, but I know they're praying for me. I know they're supporting me. I know they're behind me. I know they're right there for me. And so, in a sense, they're almost sitting there in the cell with him. Reminds me, we're coming up on um, the auction on Friday. Hope you all will come. But um, I was thinking about, Bob and I were laughing about, not really laughing, really, but the first uh, auction we ever did. And, of course, it was not on this property. It was on the old Sheridan House property. We had one children's home, and that children's home also had the office staff in it and everything else. And um, our very first auction, we were so excited about it, and we got there that night, for also Friday night, and there were six people. Three of them were family. Bob, 
me, a brother, and I don't even remember what the other three were. Probably office staff. And it was so discouraging, you can imagine, to Bob, who was so excited for this auction to happen, and he had some items there to auction off, and three people besides family. It was really, really discouraged. But here's the thing that happened. There was a gentleman who owned a franchise of Kentucky Fried Chicken. And he donated for that night chicken, donated chicken for 200 people. Can I quickly say how much chicken the boys at that house were eating for the next months? But um, anyway, but the thing about it was that it encouraged Bob, who had three people other than family show up for the auction, that somebody was coming alongside of him generously. That's the picture here. That is a picture. That when we're going through something, when we're discouraged, when it feels like we're not making headway, that there are loved ones coming around us in generosity. All that to say, please come to the auction Friday night. <laughs> anyway, number two. Generosity reveals a spiritually healthy heart. Spiritually healthy heart. Generosity doesn't come naturally to the human heart, does it? If we have a little extra on the, uh, on the, at the end of the month, what do we immediately do? Okay, what can I get? What can I buy? I need to take a trip to Steinmart. <laughs> or where can I go? And the automatic response of the human heart is not, what can I give, but what can I get? And so when we see generosity, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it shows that God is working in our hearts. Generosity reveals that, um, that God is doing a work. Now, first of all, we give to our church. And then generously giving above and beyond our tithy to the church um, is a, a biblical indicator of spiritual health. It talks about it throughout the, the word of God, that giving generosity of our lives, our hearts, our material possessions, and all of those things, our time, all of it, is a, a, uh, a, like a thermometer of our spiritual health. And that's what Paul is communicating. How? Number one, A, it reflects a heart that was restored. It reflects a heart that was restored. In your homework, you had the story of uh, Zacchaeus. And it was in Luke 19.8. And as I bring, say the word Zacchaeus, I immediately have that childhood song that just rings in my brain. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. That we won't sing anymore, okay? Oof. You don't want to listen to me sing. Anyway. But that song just pops into my brain, and it's such an amazing, I love the song because it paints such a picture, but it shows such a heart change in a very pagan, selfish, self-absorbed man. Listen to this uh, verse 8. And Zac Zacchaeus stood, this is when, um, he, when Jesus was in his home for dinner, I'm coming to your house today, and he came to the house. And said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anybody of everything, I restore it fourfold. 
And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Wow. Since he also is the son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. His attitude of I can hardly stand it not to give was an indication that he had had a complete turn of heart. His heart in his pagan days were selfish, self-absorbed. How much money can I make? How much can I steal from people? How much can I take from my Jewish brothers here? And what happened as he turned around, the very area that had been his area of sin turned around. And from being trying to get as much as he could, he is now giving as much as he can. Wow, what an indication of heart change. When Jesus saw that he could hardly contain himself to generously give, he could tell that Zechariah had most assuredly had a heart turn and wanted, and, and because of his desire not only to turn around his sinful activities like defrauding, but desire to give to the needy. I just want to pour it out, boy, on other people around me. Wow. He wasn't trying to impress Jesus. He wasn't trying to impress Jesus. Jesus could tell that he had a heart change. What happened to Zacchaeus was, uh, was a change that was incredibly important to Zacchaeus when he repented of his sin and moved forward. Wow. B, it reflects a desire to please God. Matthew 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. What we do with our resources, and when I say resources, every time I say resources, I'm not talking just financial. I'm talking about heart, prayers, effort, time, all those things. When we, um, what we do with those resources is a window into our souls, isn't it? a window into our souls. When Paul says it was kind of you in verse 14, he is saying your kindness shows that you are partnering with me and therefore pleasing God. Your desire is, yes, you want to bless me, but your real deep desire is that you want to please God. And that's evident by how you're spending yourself. B, outstanding generation, uh, generosity. Again, verse 15, we just read it, but also add to that 16. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once, uh, once and again. And at first it sounds like, you know, he's wanting to send them a bank account. Okay, you send here, there, this and that, and all that. However, in that time and culture, their giving was an expression of friendship and appreciation. Again, remember back to the first verse. We just read it early on, verse 5. He talked about how they had partnered from the very first day. He was saying, you've been my partners. You've, been, you've, you've come alongside me in your prayer and your efforts and your sending Timothy and Epaphroditus and, and, and finances and all the things you have poured out into my life. And so you have partnered with me. Paul was expressing gratitude and friendship with them when he says giving and receiving. Clearly, the, uh, Paul was expressing gratitude and friendship with him when he says that. Clearly, the Philippian church generosity was amazing as they gave from their heart, not from their surplus. 
They didn't say, you know what, I've got an extra $5 this month. Let's send it to, let's send it to Paul. No, they, they were giving from the depths of their heart, from um, whatever they could give. God's word has a, a greater audience that God desires to hear his word. And that, that not only did he write it for the Philippian church, but all of us through the ages, like we talked about just a few minutes ago. Now, what do we learn? Number one, we are to have generous character. Ger generous character. That is instruction here and in other places, such as Efe many places. But one of them is Ephesians 4.28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands. And here it is so that he may have something to share with anybody in need, with anyone in need. Notice the reason for doing honest work with his own, own hands. Not to thrive, not to become rich, but to share with others. That's what that Ephesians verse says. Number two, we are to enable others to do missionary work. Not just to be a part of a ministry-minded church. That's our first responsibility, to financially support our churches. But besides that, besides my tithes and offerings, um, going to missions and so forth, um, we are to have an attitude of excitement over giving. Wow. Yeah. I can hardly wait to write that check. Yay! <laughs> we're to have an excitement. It's supposed to be, you know, we're supposed to say, Lord, give me a, a joy about this. Not, oh, okay, here I go again. I got to do this. No, it needs to be um, uh, to, to feel good about what we're doing. I love the verse that says, God loves a cheerful giver. Actually, that verse is this. You might want to jot it down. 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Each must give as they have decided in his heart. Here it is. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. I'll never forget. Bob did an interim um, a few years ago. And um, when they would get up to, to take the the tithes and offerings, um, <laughs> they would say, you don't have to give, you get to give. Isn't that good? Such a simple little statement, but isn't that the attitude that we need? We have the privilege of supporting ministry. We have the privilege to de dig deep and be generous instead of with ourselves, being generous with others. Wow, God loves a cheerful giver. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here because of your generosity as I look across this, this room, your generosity to your churches and to the ministry here at Sheridan House. Uh, I'll never forget um, a couple of years ago, t Scarlett, um, Roby's eldest, who is now um, six, and she's in, in um, first grade. And when she was, I think, kindergarten or a little bit before, they began the experience of... Um, Giving, them, um, giving her a um, allowance. And the main purpose of the allowance was to teach them about ties and giving. And so one of the very first times that Scarlett was given her um, allowance, $1. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Roby said, now, Scarlett, honey, 10 cents you need to save. A tenth you need to save. Put it in, in your piggy bank. 
um, and then the another tenth we're going to give to Jesus. And she said, oh. And he said, yeah, you know, that's what we're going to do every week. It's when you get your allowance, we're going to give 10% of it to Jesus. And we're going to take it to church, put it in an envelope, take it to church, and, you know, they will use it for, for Jesus' sake. And she goes, I want to give 50 cents. Aww. Yeah, is that great or what? <laughs> Wonderful little girl. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> and the next time she said, no, Daddy, let's just get the whole dollar. And the thing about it was I thought, you know what? I want to have that innocent joy of giving, that innocent joy of giving. And that's what Paul is calling us to, to innocently say, I'm going to give the whole thing. That's what he was, rec- he was commending the Philippian church for, their generosity, their innocent joy of giving. As we feel that joy of giving, it's joyful to think of being a part of a fellowship of believers that has given significantly to a ministry or gospel throughout the years. And if you think about it, some of us will perhaps never go on a mission trip. Some of you have gone all over the place. Pam just got back from um, Guatemala. I want to say Nicaragua, but Guatemala. And participating in an amazing ministry of, of people that are in wheelchairs giving to other people in wheelchairs, ask her about it. It's the most, we all just kind of wept listening to what was going on. I may never have the privilege of going to Guatemala, but you know what? We can go. We can go. We can go. We can go. By giving. By being generous. By reflecting generosity like Jesus uh, reflected generosity. That is how we participate in the ministry globally around the world so that all the people, so that we can populate heaven by our generosity. Again, not just financial, time, prayer, um, all those things that we can participate in ministry. Kent Hughes said this, but the call to give to reach the world has not gripped our souls unless we ourselves are giving sacrificially to this end. However, if we are generous in our support of evangelism and mission, then there is a boon, becoming full-fledged members of a fellowship of the gospel. In other words, you know, I may never get to go to Guatemala, but I can participate in that ministry. I can, I can participate in people coming to know the Lord. I may never get to go to some of the places in Africa that some of the churches send mission trips to. I may never get to go but I can participate in them. I can be just as much a part of that as if I were standing right there in the area where ministry is taking place. Next point, we can have confidence that generosity has immense value. Look at verse 17. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. He's, in other words, saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying all this to say, hey, send me another check, guys. I'm, I really need it. Um, he's saying, I, I, what I want for you is to receive the fruit that, that God is going to give you. A, Paul wanted them to know his true motive. Again, Kent Hughes, Paul's kind assurances could be taken by certain of his hearers as manipulation to give more, 
so that he inserts a disclaimer in verse 17. He's saying, you know what? I'm not asking for more. I want you to understand something. I want you to know that I want the fruit to increase in your credit. He saw it was not just a gift from Philippi, but it was a, a, a supply of his need from heaven, from God making provision for his need using the Philippian church, is what he's saying. B, Paul wanted them to know that they were making a heavenly investment, a heavenly investment. Paul looked at their gift as a spiritual sacrifice laid on the altar of God. His trust was in God. The Philippians gave to the Lord, and God then spiritually gave to them. Warren Wearsby said that the Lord keeps the books and never fails to pay one spiritual dividend. God never fails to pay one spiritual dividend. That was the gift for them. It provided for his need, but it allowed for God's riches to be poured out to meet their needs. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I have to tell Sheridan House story. Is that okay with you? Okay. A couple years ago, we had a big hurricane. It, not this last, not Wilma, but yeah, before that. And um, there were many, many um, single moms that were part of our ministry that were in deep trouble financially because many of them worked, you know, in a situation where uh, it was hourly wage. And so we were very concerned about some of these single moms that, that were part of our program. And so um, we kept writing checks and helping them until, you know, their businesses were back in business or the restaurants reopened or whatever it was to kind of uh, to um, buffer them until they could get back to work. And we had our accountant at that time had just come on board, and he came down the hall to the leaders, and he said, you know what, <laughs> we've got a problem here. Uh, it is almost paycheck time. And, you know, we're writing all these checks to, to single moms, and, you know, I, I've got to write paychecks in a, in a day or two, and I'm getting a little concerned here. You know, we're depleting the savings account here at Sheridan House, or the checking account, or whatever the account was. And I'm going to leave it to the accountants. But anyway, he said, I, I'm very concerned. What are we going to do about this? And so the leaders said, you know, I, 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 we'll just, let's wait and see. You know, we feel called. We, we need to be ministering to these single moms that we don't want them in their cars. This is long before the triplexes. Uh, we don't want them sleeping in their cars. We want them to be able to be okay during the season of putting our area back together again from this hurricane. What do you think happened? Yes. See, I don't even have to tell the stories anymore. You don't know the answers. That afternoon, somebody came in the door with a check for $50,000. I don't even know who he was. Boy, did that accountant get the picture real quickly, didn't he? But point, here's the point. When we do what God has called us to do, when we are generous with our hearts, with our prayers, with our resources, with our time, it opens the windows of heaven and God can pour out 
that is the point of what Paul is saying to them. Yeah, I'm blessed by what you gave me, but guess what? I'm excited for you because as you're generous with me, woo, what God's going to do in your life. Wow, that was the point. Then we are presented, next point on your outline, with a familiar Old Testament picture. Look at verse 18. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphrodite, the Didus, the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. He's talking about, A, on your outline, an aroma pleasing to God. He is referencing here a picture that would have been very, very um, familiar to the Jewish Christian. Because in, be, before Jesus, they followed the law. And the law had them make a sacrifice, which was a symbol of Jesus, and that was a fragrant offering to the heavenly, heavenly places because they were being obedient to what God called them to do. By the way, going back to my picture that I told you about early on, Jesus sitting on the Mount of Olives, and he's looking out over Jerusalem, and you can see in the picture this little, little pillar of smoke. And you just see the Lord sitting there looking at that pillar of smoke thinking they're doing they're following what god told them to do is a picture of the fact that i'm going to be the sacrificial lamb wow wow that's the picture here the aroma when we give when we give when we give it is a, an aroma into the heavenly places to god she loves me, and so she's giving. She loves me, so she's being generous. She loves me and is appreciative of all that I did, and so she is giving of herself. Wow, a fragrance, fragrance. <clears throat> and God is pleased with it. B, God is pleased with the generous heart. The aroma of our sacrifice made it, the aroma of your sacrifice made it to heaven. He is saying, God is pleased with it. And when we can measure every spiritual experience and every commitment we've made as part of our gifts to God, and if our, and our hearts are, uh, our desire, our heart's desire is to please him through generosity and trusting him, guess what happens? He's able to lavish us with his blessings whatever that might look like. Um, again, I'm, I probably, I've told you this story before, I think, but my uncle was a missionary to, in Korea. And uh, he was a faith missionary, which means he received no salary and he did not um, ask for any money. What he did was every morning, my aunt and he would sit down and say, Lord, today would you meet our needs? And guess what? Never met, never missed a meal, never was cold, never was without water, and he was right on the DNZV, whatever it's called. Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping me. Uh, right up there in a very rural part of, of Korea, and he was taken care of every single day because they chose their focus to be on ministry. They, they chose their focus as this is what I want to do with my life. And Lord, we're just counting on you to take care of us. My aunt 
told you this part of the story, I think, but <coughs> my aunt uh, flew over here to the States um, early years, a couple years ago, several years, many years ago, and because she was having eye issues, and she had to go to Baskin Palmer. Um, so she had to fly from Korea, from Seoul, Korea. Um, that would have been an expensive plane flight, right? Somebody paid for it. She got to Baskin Palmer. We took her down there every day and to have her check up. And he said, yeah, we're going to have to do surgery. And um, he, uh, in a couple of days of stay here at Baskin Palmer after the fact. And at the end of her stay there, after they had done surgery on her and it was time to go home, um, I was, you know, we had to go up to pay the bill. And we walked up to the counter and I'm kind of like, oh, my goodness, you know, this is a specialty hospital, <laughs> specialty, uh, you know, surgeons and a stay here and oh my goodness I'm just seeing you know the dollar signs but a bit of and we walked up to the accountant said Mrs. Tory there's no bill there is it, it, there's nothing you owe nothing can I just tell you how we were screaming and praising the Lord and singing at the top of our lungs all the way up from Miami <laughs> Dade County just saying wow God what you've done her plane fare was paid for going home. Her hospital pay was totally paid for. Her plane coming over was paid for. People, by the way, while she was here and in the hospital and so forth, she was getting mail all the time in our mailbox, and she'd open it up and here would be like, look at this, somebody sent me $100 from Seattle, Washington, and somebody else sent her a check from over here and over there, and, and she had this pile of, stack of money, and when she was getting ready to leave, she says, you know, I, I don't really need this. Could you use this at Sheridan House? and gave us her stack of money. Wow. Why? God loves to lavish on us his generosity. Wow. We just need to be generous with ourselves. We just need to be generous with ourselves. <coughs> In the homework, you also had <coughs> the story of a widow's mite. One of my favorite stories, I just love it, that Jesus was kind of standing back in the temple courtyard and he's watching all these Pharisees come in and, you know, take their money and, you know, go whoop into the money bin and all that kind of thing and watching all this. And then here comes this little widow and she puts in a mite. Now, what in the world a mite is, I don't know. I thought it was a little creature. <laughs> but apparently it was some form of finances to the Jewish person, I don't know. But anyway... And Jesus, it, it, I love it. He stops the world and says, oh my goodness, <laughs> did you see that? And, it, you know, the, the key to what she did was that she trusted God. She trusted God. The bottom line was trust. I can trust God to take care of me is the thought. Now, I don't know if she ever heard uh, Jesus teach this, but one of, another favorite spot to me uh, in, in Jesus' teaching is Matthew 10, 29 through 31. And, she, and he said this, Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. Even, but even the hairs of your head, I've been talking to him about that. The hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not. 
little bit deeper than how many hairs you have. Fear not, therefore, you are more of more value than many sparrows. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus was saying, you know, I, God sees, and I love that because I'm such an animal freak, and if I see that a duck has been hit in my development or something, I'm just like, <laughs> poor little thing. And I think, Lord, you know, you're, you're even more upset about this than I am. And that's a picture here that he cares even about birds that fall from the sky. And if he cares that much about birds in the sky and small animals, then won't he care about us? And again, I don't know if the, the widow heard that teaching or not. Maybe not, probably not. But she had the heart of it. She got the heart of it. She, she knew God's heart. She trusted the character of God. Trusted the character of God so that she was able to give her last might. Listen to what Jesus says about her. It's in Mark 12, 43 and 44. Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance. But she gave out of her poverty and put in everything she had. All she had to live on. Isn't that beautiful? That makes me want to look into my heart. Am I giving to that degree? Am I giving of my heart? Am I giving of my prayers? Am I giving of my support? Am I giving of my monies? Am I, am I giving of myself? Like she did. Wow. 